you're about to hear something that has been stirring up my spirit for about three or four months. And I'm gonna title this a stern warning to all rapture scoffers. Because I'm getting calls and emails from people who tell me that their pastor is mocking the rapture publicly. And that evangelists are coming to their church and telling them there is no such thing as a rapture. It's a heretical doctrine. Do you all, do you all realize that when I preach on Manifesto on YouTube and it has the word rapture in it, I get more hate mail and emails from Christians, not sinners. Sinners watch it because they're saying, I wonder if this is real. Here we've got the four responses. When I say rapture, coming of the Lord, return of the Lord, catching way of the saints, here's the four responses I have. Well, I've never heard this before. Well, good, you're about to hear it. Number two, well, I've heard this, but I don't understand it. Well, good, there's teaching that'll help you understand it. Or I've heard it, but I don't even believe in it. Or I've heard it and I do believe it's real. That's the only four responses that you get. But there is a great danger to know the truth and not receive the truth. And this is where we're going to go. Second Peter chapter three, verses three and four. Knowing this first, now notice when he says this, I want you to understand this above all. This is first on the list. That there shall come in the last days. When shall they come? Say it out loud. Do you believe we're in the last days? Yeah. All right. Scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now, the word scoffer is a Greek word that has several meanings. It can mean to jeer, to mock, to deride. And basically, it means to make fun of something. And in this case, it would be mocking the idea of Christ's return. Notice this. They didn't say, where is the Lord's return or when is he coming? They said, where is the promise of his coming? The real argument on people, whether they believe in the rapture or not, has to do with where is it in the Bible? Show it to me in the Bible. And when you say the word rapture, it is not in the English translation of the Bible. However, we have eight theological words that all Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, and Charismatics use. Eight words that are not in the Bible, but you all know what they mean. Millennial reign, not in the Bible. Thousand years is, yes. Trinity, not in the Bible. Godhead is, yes. Demon, did you know it's not in the King James? Foul spirit, unclean spirit, evil spirit is, but we get the word demonized or demonized, which is the word for possessed, and we get the word demon out of there. And then we could go on and on, and I could give you eight words used that in theology today. So why do they freak out when you say rapture? Because it is a word from the Latin translation of the Bible, translated by St. Jerome when he translated the Bible from Greek to Latin, that is the, for the word caught up, to be caught up, harpezo, to be caught up. He translated it for the word, a Greek, a Latin word that means the same thing, to be caught up with ecstasy, to be caught up with joy, or to be physically caught up. So it's just a word to use to describe the event. The problem is, where is the promise of his coming? Now, there's a pattern that's beginning to emerge in many of the mega churches. Pastor Ron and I talked about this extensively in the morning before he preached and also uh, after service when we were having lunch together. In 1948, there was a generation that saw an amazing event. They saw the end of World War II. They saw the Holocaust and realized what had happened to the Jewish people. And they saw Israel restored as a nation on May 14th, 1948. This 
this became the first major prophetic generation. At that time, Oral Roberts began to preach the Lord's coming back. At that time, all these books started being written from 48 to 1961 about the return of the Lord. Why? Because everybody suddenly realized that there could have never been a return of Jesus Christ to the earth if you read the Bible until Israel was a nation again. So this stirred a generation. If you were born from 1948 as a child and you were raised in a Christian home, you have no doubt a very strong foundation that Jesus is coming back again. You may be today in your 70s or you may be older, but you still have that foundation put in you because when people see prophecies fulfilled, it is easier to believe that he's coming back again. However, what we have today is something very interesting. We know that after 1948, 1970, how Lindsay wrote a book called Late Great Planet Earth that sold 35 million copies that made the idea of the turn, return of the Lord go mainstream. In 1990, when I preached at the International Prophetic Summit in St. Petersburg, Florida, I believe it was 1991, Dr. Ray Brubaker's conference, there were 30 ministers, all of them, if I name them, you've heard of them, that were preaching the prophetic message in that conference day after day after day, all day long. Today, out of the 30, most of them are in heaven and only six of us are left on the planet and I am one. Grant Jeffrey is gone. J.R. Church is gone. Uh, Jack Van Impey is in heaven to be with the Lord, but only six are left. Now that we've come to the uh, 2020, 21, 22, 23, 24, we have uh, writings called the rapture is a racket, trying to convince people that this is not a true doctrine, that it's heretical. 60% of Christians in America say they do not believe we are living in the end times. Now, 40% of so-called Christians say Jesus is not really coming back. There was a day in 1948 to 1955, you would have never seen those numbers ever in a poll, but now something has changed. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is called the pulpit. It's not with the people. The problem is with the pulpits of America because we have a generation and I'm not trying to pick on the millennials and I'm not trying to pick on a younger generation, but I'm going to give you facts. We have a younger generation that believes that prophecy, and I'm going to give you the statements I've heard them make, prophecy is only for old people who just want to get out of their troubles. I have heard prophecy is an escapism doctrine. I have heard prophecy is an outdated message that shouldn't be preached in contemporary times. I've heard them say prophecy scares people, so we avoid teaching it to keep our people from becoming frightened. Hey, hell's a scary message too, but you better not quit preaching that one. <laughs> I've heard him say there's so many interpretations to prophecy, so we don't deal with it at all. And I even had one pastor that sat me down in his car. He was a great pastor. He was my friend. I was preaching in his church. He said, Perry, I would like to tell you why most pastors that have five to 10,000 members will never have you step in their pulpit. I know these men, they talk to me, they ask me about you, they watch you on TV and they happen to like you. But they think that your message on prophecy would actually scare their people and cause their people to quit giving their offerings. And because of that, they will not have you in the church. Now, I'm gonna make a statement here that's gonna blow your mind. The largest giving of this ministry happens at a prophetic summit. 
Now, I'm going to explain to you why. Because that bunch understands, that bunch in April that comes to that prophetic summit understands, we're not taking it with us. And if we die, we don't take it with us. And if Jesus comes, we don't take it with us. And we need to invest it in the kingdom of God. And we need to get souls saved because Jesus is coming. After preaching the word of God for 46 years, I'm convinced that the prophetic message does not cause people to hold back. The prophetic message causes people to be more excited and more receptive to the idea of winning souls in the last days. Now, I want to tell you why I believe that the enemy is so set on cutting off the idea of people hearing about the return of the Lord. Because if you go to the New Testament, there are five things that happens to you. Oh, I love telling you what I'm about to tell you. There are five things that will begin to happen to you if you truly believe that the Lord is coming back again. If you believe Jesus Christ is returning soon, five things will happen. Number one, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 3, you will purify yourself by cleansing yourself from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Mm. Number two, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 31, you will judge yourself so that you will not later be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, number three, Luke 21 and verse 36, you will lay aside secret sin for fear that it could keep you here and prevent you from coming to the Lord Jesus Christ at the rapture and seeing him catch you away. Or in other words, fear being left behind. Matthew chapter three, verse, uh, I'm sorry, Malachi chapter three, verse 10. You will give your tithe and offering because you understand you're not going to take it with you. And it is part of the rewards that you will receive in heaven because of your giving. And the Bible says there's a book of remembrance in heaven for those who fear God and who give their tithe and offering. So your name is in a book if you're a tither and a giver. So if you believe the Lord's coming, you will be a tither and giver because it's part of your reward. And the other thing I want to tell you, the fifth thing is Acts chapter one and eight. If you believe that Christ is coming back, you will be, be a witness. You will absolutely witness more to people if you believe that his return is soon than if you don't believe he's coming back. I've got to go back and read these again. Number one, you're going to cleanse yourself from filthiness of the flesh and spirit. You're going to judge yourself. You're going to lay aside secret sin. You're going to learn how to give and operate in giving, and you're going to end up being being a witness for Jesus Christ. And if you have followed those patterns because you believe he's coming, give him a praise right now, somebody. <laughs> Basically, let me say it to you this way. The reason I believe that the adversary wants this message stopped and wants to silence the preachers who preach it is because it just might be possible that if a generation believed it, <clears throat> they might start living right. So to prevent them from living right, you just have to believe that maybe the Lord's not coming back in your generation, in your time. Now, I'm going to show you a danger. Jesus understood this because he left us the scripture. There is a danger if you begin to read the scripture of what happens if a servant of the Lord says the Lord is not returning or he is going to delay his coming for a long time. Uh, let's put up that scripture from Luke 12, 45 through 46. Jesus said, but if that servant say in his heart, my Lord, this is the Lord, delays his coming, he shall begin to beat the men servants and the maidens to eat and drink and be drunken. 
And the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looks not for him and in an hour when he's not aware and will cut him in sunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Are you hearing this verse? Seldom gets preached on. Let's break it down. Notice it is a message to a servant. This is not an unbeliever, a pagan, heathen, or a sinner. This is someone who claims to serve the Lord. But it says that if they say the Lord is delaying his coming, they will begin to do things and act carnally. They will begin to live by their flesh. They'll go out and get drunk and have parties. They'll go, some churches do this, not ones I preach at because they wouldn't have me. <laughs> But they go after the service into a room and they have a bar and everybody starts drinking and getting drunk. I'm telling you the God's truth. That happens in this churches in the world that do that. So they are part of this group. Are you listening? I don't worry about the coming of the Lord. That's just those crazy pre people. That's just those crazy prophecy preachers. That's just that old crowd bunch. Let's go have a party after church. And the Lord says this, if you're going to act that way, I'm going to cut you asunder. Now, cut asunder, you think that means to take a knife and chop you up or an ax. That is not what that means in the Greek. That is a flogging that was given to a person who had been completely disobedient or did something criminal and was being punished by someone who was in the government or from the legal system, they would flog that person. So that is a, actually a King James translation for a word, word that means you'll be flogged and given your portion with the unbelievers. Those who do not believe in the return of the Lord are unbelievers. If you don't believe in salvation, you are an unbeliever. If you don't believe that God can deliver people, I don't believe in all that. You're not a believer. You're an unbeliever. If you don't believe God heals the sick today, guess what? You're in the category of an unbeliever. You're not a believer because you don't believe it. Now, can you be healed if you don't believe it? It's not a loaded question, folks. Can you be healed if you don't believe God heals? Can you be saved if you say, I don't believe in that? Can you be saved? Is God going to save you anyway? because you're in unbelief? Can I tell you, God can't answer a prayer in your unbelief, so God won't bless you in your unbelief. So if you're gonna be a rapture fighter, you might as well plan on staying here during the tribulation. Can I tell you why? It's in the verse. Listen to this verse. And he will cast the unprofitable servant, the unbelieving servant, into outer darkness. When I first went to the International Prophetic Summit, the question came up, what is the outer darkness there in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 30? And my answer was, that's hell. And a scholar who knew Greek says, many people say that's what that is. It is not. But the outer darkness is the outer darkness during the tribulation. When the Spirit of God is no longer working through the church and the church is gone and the restrainer has been removed, the world will go into what the prophets called complete and utter darkness. So in other words, if you read this verse and you break this down in detail, 
Those who would fight the return of the Lord and say, don't even worry about it. He's not coming back for a long time. And then begin to act carnal and fleshly and walk in their sins as though there's no fear of God in them. He will come in an hour that they're not looking for him. Don't forget that's in the verse. And then they will be cast into the outer darkness of the tribulation and they will have their portions with the unbelievers. And then notice this, that if you, if you start looking at scriptures like the five wise and the five foolish virgins, when the five wise went into the wedding, it says, then the door was shut. When the door was shut, the other five who were part of the group <clears throat> were not permitted to go into the wedding once the door was actually shut. Now, let's look at Luke 13, 23 through 25. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Come on, if you're hearing the word. All right, Luke 13, 23 through 25. He said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to, many will try to enter and will not be able to. How many people do you know who started out with a confession of faith in your church and got saved in a revival or a meeting or a special event? And for a season, you saw them in the house of God. And now you can't even get them to attend church because they fell because they didn't have enough word. Mark, Mark 4 talks about this. Or they fell because of persecution or they fell because of criticism. And so they are no longer in church because the word of God did not mature in them and produce fruit. This is what it's talking about here. It's talking about the people. Oh, somebody help me here that tried to go through that narrow door. Straight is the way that leads to what? Come on, talk to me. You ought to know the Bible. Straight is the, straight is the way that leads to what? Eternal life. Wide is the way that leads to what? Destruction. So they make an effort to enter through the narrow door, but many, I, many, I tell you, will try to enter and not be able to. They make the effort, but they quit. Why? Because it's too narrow. Because God requires some things in his covenant. Because God requires obedience. So they're like Demas. They forsake God having loved this present world. And so here, let's keep reading. Watch this. Because it's on the screen. I know you probably already read through it. I tell you, they will try to enter, but won't be able. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door... <clears throat> You will stand outside knocking and pleading, sir, open the door for us. And he will answer, I do not know you or where you came from. Now, this verse goes along with what I say in Matthew is the scariest verse in the entire Bible. This verse has frightened me since I was 16 years of age. If you will read this verse, this is a verse that will make you follow the Lord and maintain the fear of the Lord the rest of your life and want to walk with God and keep a repentant spirit and keep your heart right with God. Many shall say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name and in your name did I not cast out devils and in your name did I not do many wonderful works, but I will say unto them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. 
I ask a Greek scholar in this town who's a scholar at Lee, he's retired. That's a confusing verse. What is Jesus saying when I never knew you? And yet they claim to have done this and they did good works and they cast out devils. He said that simply means I never had an intimate walk with you. You knew about me. You had religious rituals. You would go to my house every now and then. You would talk about my name. You would hang around people doing good works. But you never prayed. You never did the things I told you to do. You never obeyed my commandments. You never followed my word. That, my friend, is the most frightening thing in the world. R.W. Schambach, who is a man that I love dearly, wrote a book that says how to heal the sick and cast out devils and still go to hell. Now, among my Calvinist brothers, if a person has been in church for years and they, what we would call in Pentecost, backslide, and they become an apostate and leave, my Calvinist brothers would say they were never really saved. But I believe there are people that have a relationship with God. This is, where, this is the difference between the Armenians and the Calvinists. I believe there are people that have had a real relationship with God, but they go back on God. But the seed abides in them in the sense of that they never can get away with what they heard and what they saw and the experience they had. They may go away from God, and I know people that have done it so far that they die in absolute horrible sin. But I'm telling you something, if you've ever had God's word in your spirit, if you were ever raised by a mom and dad that knows the Lord, you might be an alcoholic dying on your deathbed with cirrhosis of the liver, blind from from AIDS and whatever it might be, but you'll never get away from what you heard being preached in the Word of God. And the Bible said, train them up in the way they go, and when they get old, they'll not depart from it. That's what I hold on to for every backslider and every person that's gone away from God. Is sooner or later, that Word is going to come back. Somebody clap your hands and praise God for the Word of the Lord. Experience a personal spiritual breakthrough, fresh knowledge, and a new understanding. Tap into God's wisdom while in your home, office, or driving by listening to the eight new messages from the 2023 International Main Event. Perry Stone's five new messages include three major prophetic updates that answer questions that many are asking. The titles are A Stern Warning to All Rapture Scoffers, Correcting Errors Being Taught Concerning the Great Tribulation, the prophetic missing link of the sign of Christ's return. Included are two of Perry's most important warfare messages of 2023, shutting the door on Satan's ability to get into your life, the mystery that Satan tries to keep you from discovering. Along with Perry's five messages, when you order, you will hear Ron Carpenter unlock an amazing biblical mystery that will change your prayer life in his message. It's an inside job. Jensen Franklin shifted the atmosphere by exposing America's anemic Western Christianity in his message, I am not a professional Christian. John Kilpatrick received a visitation from the Lord, then presented an anointed spiritual manifesto entitled, First the Attack, Then the Blessing. These eight messages will help set an unshakable path for your spiritual walk and your expectations of a victorious outcome and prepare you prophetically for the future. You too can experience what thousands of others did when you order. 
The main event conference is available on audio CD, DVD, and audio USB drive. Also, for your convenience, the conference is available as video on demand at perrystone.tv. The eight audio CDs are offer number 23ME-CD and are available for a donation of $55. The eight DVDs are offer number 23ME-DVD and are available for a donation of $95. The eight messages on a USB drive are available for a donation of only $55. Request offer number 23ME-USB. Order today by calling 1-888-21-BREAD. That's 1-888-212-7323. Or order online at perrystone.org. You may also mail a check to Perry Stone, P.O. Box 3595, Cleveland, Tennessee, 37320. Order these messages today and uplift your spiritual life and help manifest with Perry Stone continue to reach the world. Well, now available is the main event, and the message you just saw a preview of, just the introduction, is a warning to all rapture scoffers. Now, I want you to listen to me for just about a minute or so. I have never seen a time when the ministers who are 40 and under, or let's say 45 and under, are fighting the idea of the return of the Lord in something called the rapture. Now, I have spent hundreds of hours, it may be thousands now after, after 46 years of preaching, studying the idea of the theory of the rapture, the doctrine of the coming of the Lord as it relates to two different appearings, the secret appearing at the rapture and the public appearing at, at, the, at the return to earth to rule. And I'm telling you, I can prove to people, if they'll listen, if, they, if they're listening to the word, by patterns and types and shadows and cycles and direct scriptures, that Jesus is coming again. Now, if you have friends who <clears throat> say, I don't believe in all that, that's crazy. They must listen to this message. So I want you to get the album and play this for them. If you can get them to listen to it, sometimes they don't want to listen to it, but I believe it, th this, will, this is just right to the point. It shows you some very powerful scriptures and there's you get all the messages as well. You get the DVD or the CD or the flash drive, either one, eight messages that are available to you. Now, speaking of the prophetic, Bill Cloud and I are going to do a pay-per-view event which will be January, I'm sorry, yeah, it's January 25th, 26th. It's a Thursday and Friday. Bill will preach, then I will preach, and then there'll be a question and answer. Only those who have uh, come in online will be able to send a question and Bill and I will answer. Now, here's the point I wanna make. With what has happened in the Middle East, there are messages that we're going to deal with. There is no way, I'm not gonna do it, that I would put these messages on a YouTube channel or on a manifest telecast. And I know you don't understand this, but I am on TV in Israel. I'm on TV in Russia. I'm on TV in the Ukraine. I'm on TV in Romania. <clears throat> so you're out there saying, well, Perry, you need to do that. Perry, you need to blah, 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 blah. No, I don't. I have to do what my spirit tells me to do and be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. So go to perrystone.org and look for the registration and how to uh, be, be a part of the Bill Cloud Perry Stone in January. Now we're doing this early because last time we didn't let people know in time. We let them know like three weeks out and that was not enough time. So this is going to be the biggest one as far as the information that you've ever seen. Now, now I'm going to tell you something else. Uh, in the month of April, the first weekend of April is our Warrior Fest event. We'll show you some clips of Warrior Fest. No, no fee to attend, but you have to register. And I'm, I'm always asking people that if they register, do not register, say, hey, I'm, I might go, and you register, and then you don't show up. That's, that's not how you do this. 
Only if you have planned to come and you got a room, you know, you know your plans, then you register. And don't register with your youth group and then you, then you register and your youth pastor register. That's a false registration. One time we had 10,000 people register, but there was 5,000 people that actually attended. That's what I'm talking about. Then at the Prophetic Summit, and, and uh, I'm asking many of you that have never attended a Prophetic Summit to plan on April 25th to 28th. And that's first come, first serve on that one. So again, make sure you've got, you make sure you can come, make sure you've got your rooms booked. There's rooms all over the place, you know, Cleveland and Ottawa and all the way up to Athens that are available, hotels that are available. So <clears throat> keep that in mind, mark your calendar. And both these registrations will probably open around the month of uh, January, February, right in there. So get, get your plans together for that. Then come, come and join me in Abundant Life Christian Center February 18th through 21st in Lamarck, Texas. Come and join me at Beaumont, Texas, the 23rd, 24th, and 25th at uh, um, uh, One City Church. Thank you for your time, and God bless you.